It's time for another installment of the Holistic Happy Hour with Devoya and Jason. The Holistic Happy Hour is dedicated to addressing the health and mental wellness of underserved communities of color. Join hosts Devoya and Jason as they quiz, question, and converse with cultural brokers, complementary healers, and other wellness providers and community folks. guest today is Lao Cultural Broker Lysane Prathamavong of Fresno, California. Um, I was going to write out a whole bio for you, Lysane, but I feel like we'll get into that during this podcast. Uh, is that okay with you? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Well, welcome to the show. Um, as we discuss, it's happy hour, so you can hear a little clinking of the glass. Do you have um, a libation that you're currently indulging in that's going to I sure this? do. Okay. All right. I think we're in good shape then. Um, so as you know, we're, um, we call this program a libation for your soul. And when we spoke earlier about your joining us here on the show today, you took that definition and you did a little bit of research and you came up with some cultural responses to that, some things I hadn't thought of. So how about in order to get this started, you um, introduce yourself. Um, tell the listeners a little bit about you, and then let's talk a little bit about your research into the terminology of libation and how that um, fits within the Lao culture. Does that seem like a good start? Yeah, perfect. Okay. Thank you, Devoya. I am so excited to be on this holistic happy hour, and, and I was really looking forward uh, to um, being here tonight. And um, I am um, one out of the eight cultural brokers that work at the Holistic Center, as Devoya had mentioned. Um, she's our, Devoya is actually our trainer, and um, our um, goal is uh, to bring workshop right activities and and to be aware uh, of um, you know our, our community and um, and to bring happiness to the people that we connect to and to understand our background and to also identify um, and our, our relationship with, with the folks that we, we uh, come in contact with. Um, so I am the Lao cultural broker that works there. And when she talked about libation, I was like, what's libation? T a totally different terminology that I've never heard um, for my culture, for, for, um, for Laos. I'm from Laos. Um, I've been here 40 years. Really? So I, yes, and I oh, have a wow. lot of learning to do about my own culture. Okay. I left my country when I was uh, eight years old and I was in the refugee camp and um, I, I got here when I was 10. I started fourth grade. So um, assimilating um, was a big part of, of who I am. So going back and fetching that story for me is very, very rewarding. It, 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 it keeps me grounded and it really truly um, makes me who I am. I'm happier. My mental health, um, my way of thinking um, has changed uh, working at the Holistic Center. Right. Um, so libation in my culture, um, really we, we practice that quite often. Mm -hmm. um, we, we, it's, it's, it's practiced during, um, uh, marriage ceremonies. Um, 
to validate the marriages, right? And of course, and how, and how do you do it in the marriage cultures? How do you? What are you we using? we we utilize. Uh, water, holy okay. water. So ah. that could be added with incense, rose, um, lavender, um, sometimes sparkle with, you know, like little pieces of gold, you know, uh -huh. um, to add, um, to add more of a blessing, you know, life should be as beautiful as flowers, as rich as gold, you know, it should symbolize um, all the beautiful things uh, that we have, you know, um, in, in our world, right? So a couple would be, um, you know, they would sit down and um, our elders, our respected el elders would mix that holy water. Um, and we have um, our guests during the wedding that would come and, and give them the blessings and then also pour the holy water um, on their palms, both palms of the couple. Palms up? Um, uh, palms up to receive. Like in the shape of a cup to receive the libation? Yes. Oh, I love it. The libation. Exactly. Um, so that's one uh, practice. Uh, the other practice is when we're, our mental health isn't well, I mean, we're not feeling well and we feel down. Um, our luck isn't going so well. Um, we believe in practicing libation again, right? We, we go to the temple. We ask our elders to bless us with uh, water, holy water again. And that holy water can be mixed with perfumes, flowers, anything. So then what happens that, to that is we just, they pour it on top of our head. Mm -hmm. You know, as a sign of uh, warding off that evil spirit, um, asking for um, uh, good wishes and good and health. Just droplets or droplets, uh, just droplets, droplets of, of water. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that purification uh, sort of ceremonial moment. Yes, yes, yes. Purification, absolutely. Um, and then the other uh, practice or ritual we have is um, we give our ancestors liqueur um whatever they like to drink um if you remember that grandpa loved um uh, vodka or he loves um, a beer we would every year bring out a, um, a plate of food a tray of food that would also include alcohol in there and then we pour water uh, to the uh, the ground asking um, our ancestors to come and feast on our offering and asking them for be for them to be reborn and also for them to be in good spirit and letting them know and communicating with them letting them know how our lives has been how much they've touched us and how much we we miss their presence but at the same time we're happy that um, they're watching over us, you know, and we Isn't feel their presence. similar um, to a Day of the Dead, like the altar sort of? Yes. That, I'm, I can't remember completely, but that sounds like there's some similarities there. I see it. I see it when we're at the Holistic Center, and I notice that the ladies are, would practice, and they would put things out there with pictures and cigarettes or whatever um you know that that they have the memory of their ancestors 
Mm -hmm. they like and but i don't really understand it myself i from today i'm talking about um my my personal experience and what i've right. learned from the elders in my community and what they have taught me um again vocabulary and terminology sometimes i have to literally translate that because um as you can imagine coming to america at age 10 starting fourth grade, having to be in an ESL class for so many, uh, English as a second language class for so many years, it takes time for me to, um, to, to immediately understand certain words. So I have to translate that, but I do understand a lot of the similarity that we have in, in our, in um, our culture. We all do. It's amazing. It is it's just, true. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we'll have um, some folks on from different cultures to talk about libations. And that's why I thought, you know, the first question should be around that, because I really felt like you liked the word, even though it didn't immediately um, reach mm -hmm. you. I think, mm -hmm. I think once you started to do the research, if I'm not mistaken, you started to feel some connection to it. Yeah, it's, it's very meaningful. And it's like the, uh, the cross-culture workshop that I had last month. We talked about our water celebration, right? We talked mm -hmm. about our new year. Uh, why do we do that? Why do we sprinkle water on folks? You know, uh, why do we, um, you know, bless, um, you know, our, our children and um, our friends with, with the water? Why do we celebrate liquor or why do we celebrate? It, it's a whole reborn, a rebirth of who we are. Every time we pour, every time we 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 um, connect ourselves to that, it, it's it's a new it's a new beginning. Really, it represents a whole new beginning. I like it. I like it. It's such a great way to start. So um, you talked a little bit about being a cultural broker at the Holistic Center, and for folks that have not listened to the show previously. Um, the Holistic Center resides uh, here in Fresno, California. It's a um, program of Fresno County. Well, it's a project of Fresno County Behavioral Health um, through the Mental Health Service Act, Prop 63, and we're operated by the Fresno Center. So we are tasked with helping individuals in underserved communities live a full life, mind, body, spirit. And we know that there's um, such a strong stigma associated with mental health and wellness in communities of color. And so um, when asked to be, you know, to apply for a position, you are instantly told um, what that entails. And it seems magical. You, you want me to do what? You want me to work with my own community and dispelling some of the myths that are associated with mental health? That, that, can't, that, that, that can't be a real job. But it is a real job. And the term for what we do is a cultural broker. Um, what brought you to the Holistic Center initially? What was the draw? Did, had you heard of it previously? Um, were you interested in mental health? Because we're going to get there eventually as to how that happens for all of us. But for you individually, um, as a loud woman um, living in the Central Valley, did you know there was a job that could help folks in your community um, live? empower those folks to live better mind, body, spirit? You know, um, no, I, I didn't, I didn't know about the program. 
um, nor I didn't know how wonderful our, our job uh, could be. Um, but I know that working um, as an interpreter for the Lao community, I know that there were, there's a lot of needs for these type of services, um, uh, for um, a holistic approach, you know, um, um, for a different healing practice. Um, we know that taking a pain pill isn't going to help. You know, we, 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 we practice other things to help us mentally and spiritually. Like I, I know that if I was um, hurting right now, I, I'm not just going to take a Tylenol. I have three different types of uh, medication that is, that is ordered um, from Laos. Uh -huh. And then I also, well, I, I can't go without Vicks. But I also have Vicks. Who can go without Vicks? Tell me. Right? But I have these Tiger Bombs. I use Tiger Bombs. Yes. And then I also have these um, um, aloe uh, plants that is uh, infused with other um, uh, herbal medicine that is, is shipped from Thailand to here. So um, I know an that... Example, an example. I'm sorry to cut you off. That's Yes, yes. What you're talking about is, yes, we know that medications don't always fulfill all of the um, ailments that we do have, and there are other things we can do to um, subsidize that. Um, complementary alternatives, um, well, complementary healing in general. And so the aloe plant we know is um, used across the globe for different things, burns, um, digestive, digestive issues, various things. And so you're just practicing what so many other folks do on a daily basis, but might not have the terminology for that. Um, and that's commendable. You, you recognize that, yes, sometimes I do need to take a Tylenol, but there are also other approaches that I can do to accompany that. Meditation, maybe acupuncture, acupressure, um, all those different things. And I like that you have products that, you know, that we've used as well for, for you know, for our Western, yeah, for uh, we ha I have Western medication ointment, and then I also have my traditional ointments as well too, and and how I'm I'm connected with the holistic uh, at the beginning was I did my interpreting job, and I interpreted for a, a lot, actually lots of um, clients that was needing mental health, and uh -huh. they would go they would go into a group setting. And um, they're trying to apply for um, um, Social Security, uh, their disability benefits. Mm -hmm. um, they're not able to find a job. They have PTSD. You know, they, they're, they're, they're hurting about their children and them not being able to communicate that, that generation gap, that first, second, and, and, and generation X gap. Um, and um, I heard there was a position that was opening up at the Holistic Center and I was sending clients to get the services at the Fresno Center. Mm -hmm. And I was approached by their old- um, Former. Um, former, <laughs> sorry, former, <laughs> excuse me. See, I'm telling you, my English is good, but no, sometimes- No, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just thought, we, we love Lou. We don't want to think of him as old. <laughs> He's our former director. Yeah, our former director, and he said, hey, I have a position open 
and you would be perfect for the job. I go, oh, wow, I'm scared. What am I supposed to do? And then he just said, just be yourself, find your culture. And you just, you just be yourself, share what you know. I, I think to myself, I go, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to reconnect with my community. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, I have gone so far, but back in the, in the back end, I was still trying to find out who I am. How do I relate to my mom, my dad? How do I relate to my aunt? And then I have all these other aunts and uncles that we call, but they're not really blood related or anything like that. We, we call them aunts and uncles. We do that too. Um, yeah. So um, they they would come and take our class. I started my first class over at the holistic center was my Lao empowerment class, or it, it was originally it was called Mada Mada. It means come, come um, in, in Lao, right? It uh-huh. usually... When we invite people to eat, we go, Mada, Mada. Or <laughs> they even That's made so a rap cute. song. They made a rap song out of that term. <laughs> I gotta send it over to you, Devoya. Yeah, do that, do that. I, I will. You're you're gonna you're gonna be like, oh, I know how to speak loud just from one song. Um, so that that's how I got my my um, myself in the door and um, our program director, Christina Alejo, uh, offered me the position and, and from there on I, I just I started learning a lot more and, and then being able to um, translate um, how, how it's related to mental health because everything we do is related to mental health. Empowering me, then I'm able to empower others. And then my community, I, there was such a great need. We had the first class I ever held at the Holistic Center, we had over 23 that participated and they would bring lunch, they would bring drinks, you know, uh, water and sodas, by the way, not or anything like that. But um, we, we talked about what's going on with our daily life. Um, they shared with me um, their ways of doing things. They would bring um, different types of vegetables um, and we would share and we talk about the benefits of those veggies. Um, and we, we've just been friends that they've been from day one of who who I am as a culture broker as a community been able to coalesce allow community within the work that you do absolutely yeah and they're still connected I still have them on my list of unique client lists I still do a wellness check on them um they 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 suffered a lot they suffered a lot we like we we can share that a lot of us you know our generation our previous generation there's a lot of love and, and similarity, so many aspects. Yeah. Do you think, um, just out of curiosity, the folks, so you said that that first um, uh, workshop that you presented, do you think that folks came out of curiosity, necessity, or a little bit of both? I'm gonna say a little bit of both. It, it helped them connect with other women, other folks, that would be there. We laughed. Occasionally, we cried. Mm-hmm. Um, things were spoken in our language. Um, well, that's a, that has to be a big element because are there other? I mean, I I do know of other organizations um, locally that assist um, you know various communities. But are there organizations where folks do you feel um, where you can be um, explicit about what's happening 
to you personally in a way that allows you to be referred to others, um, maybe to seek some additional, you know, mental um, health support? I, I definitely. Our, ours is more of a, um, we, I would refer them to Healing Hope, which is another um, counseling agency. Mm -hmm. And I also would uh, refer them to um, the Living Well Center. We mm -hmm. have a person, our counselor there speaks Lao. Um, but a lot of times they would rather come to the holistic and of course work with us because we're so diverse. When mm -hmm. we're able to speak our language and connect in a voice, in a, in a mannerism that they're, they're used to. To be yourself to be my exactly and they're more comfortable to share and i'm able to help them um so much better and they're able to open up a lot more when they go into um a counseling office they still need an interpreter so now you're talking with a counselor an interpreter that they can't see over the phone right. or in person there and it's kind of difficult to share um and feel that connection and to feel that connection yeah. and to, to walk out feeling like you're well, or you're better today. Right. You know, I could do this, you know, and, and these are things that I can work on and I could focus on. And then the funny thing is the way we, we approach, um, our conversation, it's, it's a very market, like open air market type of conversation. Cause mm -hmm. a lot of folks in my, in my country back in the old days, they, they didn't get an opportunity to go to school. Right. You know, and so when they're talking, instead of telling you, turn left, and then, you know, you'll, you'll, um, you'll see coal, or you'll, and then you'll see Del Mar Street or way. Mm -hmm. You don't say that in my language. You say, you're going to have to turn left. There's a McDonald right there. Remember that McDonald. And then you're going to have to go straight down until you see that post office. Then when you see that post office and there's a big red pole, then you just keep going in the next landmarks. Yeah, landmarks, you know, and, and so we a lot of folks utilize. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so in in continuing that sort of conversation, we recently shared something on our social media page about Laos. Mm -hmm. um, and the uh, outcome has just been an outpouring of questions pride, cultural sharing. Um, and for those that do not follow us on Facebook, I highly suggest you do that. Um, you just go on Facebook. It's the Holistic Cultural Education Wellness Center. Um, and the imagery is something that I um, borrowed from you a few years back. And all it is, is the depiction of, depiction of, um, of the word Laos and tells you what that is. And then, um, it, and it's a little graphic of the country and its placement. And I think the imagery and the fact that it's also very easily to understand, these are the people, these are the products, this is the language sort of conversation. Um, can you kind of maybe shed some light on why that is the most shared, the most viewed and the most commented on thing um so far on our page um for 2020 it's really um amazing that it's close to 150 people sharing it that i can see from back door there may be more 
you know, once we get down into the real analytics. But it's interesting um, how it's resonated, not just within the loud community, other communities too, because I have a strong suspicion that it's not comfortable for folks to ask someone, hey, when I refer to your language, should I say it's Lao or Laotian? Because I'll tell you as, as your friends, even I wasn't sure because I've had folks tell me one or the other. And I just never took the time out to ask you personally. Um, but we should do that. Those are the things that we're, we're tasked to do, I think, at a place like the cultural center. So can you kind of share some insight as to what you, what you think it was about that that made so many people interested and how we could continue to get folks informed? Thank you, Devoya. I, I just think that um, with your mindfulness and um, with your experience and your background and being our trainer, um, thank you for being mindful of the things that you share, you know, and, and um, for taking an interest in my ethnic group. Um, so in Laos, um, we have so many different um, tribal members. We have the highland, the lowland, um, and, then, and then you have um, the, the middle land, right? And everybody there, we're very shy. Um, we speak different languages, um, but we're all from Laos. Right. Um, as, as you shared, Lao is an ethnicity, right? Uh, Laos is the country. I'm flying to Laos for vacation in 2026 or something. Um, right. And I'm a Laotian, and that's all things from Laos and all folks from Laos. So in Fresno County, we have a huge population of Laotian, but we also have a huge population of Lao and Hmong. So those are two different types of uh, folks that are Laotian, right? So when you look at our census, that's why it's important for us to mark Lao and census. Right. Please identify yourself because, right. you know, that's part of the problem is because we weren't identified and, and it was, it, that's if you're not identified. You don't exist. We don't exist. Exactly. Right. So when, when, when we identify or as, as Laotian, well, what ethnic group are you? You know, I mean, there are so many different ethnic groups, and that's why census is so important. And we have to make sure that we fill that out for our community and help them right. so that they, they make sure to put Lao. If right. you are Lao from Laos and then you're, you know, Laotian. Um, and and as, as you know, um, President Obama back in 2016 gave us a huge funding. I can't remember how, how much he gave us, but he helped us clean the bombs that was left behind um, during, uh, after the war, after the Vietnam War. And it wasn't really talked about, but I know that another organization works closely with the cleanup of the bomb back in our country. Is and they're, they're continuing? It's still continuing. Wow. And the money. Much. Mm -hmm, it's that much. Um, well, that it's the most that it requires that much cleanup because it's that serious. Yes, yes. And you still have folks that that kind of stepped on the uh, the bomb that was left behind there that came to America 
and has, you know, has lost his legs and he would tell you stories about how he went farming because this is out in the open field. And, and they, they, they have nightmares uh, and then they have, um, what do you call it? That, um, tonight, tonight, PTSD, the ear ringing, it it just continues uh, tinnitus. tinnitus. Yeah. Continues to ring. It continues to ring. And uh, they, they find certain ways to um, practice, you know, the pulling or the plugging and, and the coughing or um, the holistic way of practicing. So to that. eliminate that, that pressure that, in yes. the ear so that they can mm-hmm. hear again. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there was a, a huge interest um, because we're really never talked about. A lot of folks don't know who the loud folks are. Right. You know, we're not... Um, and, and I, I don't know if this is something that we could talk about, but there are certain like cases that we had um, in the 80s and 90s that was, <sighs> but there was nobody to advocate, you know, for, for that Lao boy or that Lao family or for, right. we have other folks involved that believe in our community that believes in, 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 in helping and advocating and, and um, practicing, um, we're able to appreciate organization that recognize Lao folks. You feel seen. You feel yeah. seen. And that's I feel such an important component in, in change. It's to Absolutely. feel like someone not only recognizes the issue, but they see it for what it is and listen to people about what they need, not not dictating, but listening. What are things that you need in order to feel safe, in order to feel um, empowered, in order to um, continue? And so I think it's important that you make that distinct distinction, and you have, and you are right. I think um, regionally, California is a lot different than a lot of states. Um, when I have folks come out here to visit me, if they're from the South, they don't have a huge population outside of Black and white. So seeing other people, you do get the, the opportunity to explain, well, this, let me tell you this story. Because we are, we live here, so we know about the secret war. It ain't a secret to us, but it might be to someone else. And we need these opportunities and moments like this to discuss Hmong Americans, to discuss the Lao community, to discuss the Punjabi community, all these different fractions of our community that lives here in the Central Valley who don't necessarily get to have those conversations. And so um, I'm so glad that you're here today and so open about all of this because these are the things that you know we want to help people um, to normalize them so we can have these questions, which kind of brings me very close to my next uh, question and if you don't feel comfortable answering this please feel free um, to say let's just move on um, do you ever recall a moment um, as a young woman being exposed to something that you felt like this person's not well mentally maybe you don't know maybe you don't know the language or maybe you don't know the signs but you know something's not right and I'll I'll give you like an example so um, 
and my family, we didn't grow up talking about mental health or mental wellness. If somebody was a little different, that's what they said. Oh, they special or they're different. And then when you get older, you know, you recognize, oh, they take a lot of medications or they don't go to family gatherings or they're always quiet. And you start to recognize over time the difference that they need is mental health. But nobody uses, we may, I may have heard the word depression growing up, but I didn't hear, I never heard the word anxiety. I never heard the term PTSD. I never um, heard the term bipolar disorder, things like that. So as a young woman, um, when do you think it clicked that somebody, you know, may or may not needed additional help and then as a cultural broker it clicked like that's what that was about i i um i'm, I'm okay to to answer that uh it's a stigma in in, in our culture um i have uh, an uncle that lived um that lives in france right now and i remember as a as a as a 13 year old um, he came to visit. It's very moody, you know, off and on, you know, and, and uh, my mom didn't know how to handle him visiting us and his, his um, depression. He was going through a depression. He was going through a uh, divorce. He left France to come and visit us um, in America here. He was going through his PTSD. I, I, he was growing, he, when he, they were growing up, they didn't have a lot of... Um, um, they didn't have much in their life, right? They're, they're siblings. And um, I remember my mom would call him Piba. I mean, that basically means crazy. We don't have words for depression. We don't have words for PTSD. We don't have words for bipolar. Everybody's crazy. That's, that's only one word. That's, the, yeah. that's an American catch-all phrase too. Quite, you know that just from the work that we do People yeah crazy so casually that it you know the hairs on the back of my neck stand up sometimes because i can't but it is really a catch-all for a lot of communities unfortunately it, it's very very sad you know and uh we we really don't open up we hold on to everything and we we hide that from our community because we're embarrassed by it. We think it's um, um, it's a devil's work. Um, our ancestors don't like him um, or her. Um, karma, you know. Um, there, we don't understand depression. You can't be depressed. You, you can't cry because that's a sign of weakness. Oh. Um, Anyway, they, they, he, he had to go back home because he was really depressed and he, he needed medication. Um, his ex-wife, who he, they ended up um, getting a divorce and all that stuff, still cared for him because he was a really good person, um, had pleaded with him to come back and that he, he, he was going through some stuff back there too. And my mom couldn't handle um, his uh, bipolarism, and he'll he'll cry for no reason. And I, girl, I understand. <laughs> yeah, and he'll he'll I mean, sit there, and he'll be talking about the war that had happened, 
you know, and, and just talking about the past constantly. And um, we just call him Piba. And I, I just, I felt really bad because there was just not a, uh, a table that we can, uh, we can't, we can't, we can't sit there and talk about it. You know, and, and, and um, that was my first experience, understanding um, the different terminologies of why people are the way they are and being delusional um, because it's, it's a disease, you know, it's a sickness. It's, it's something that we, we, we can control after we know, cause it's not, it's not contagious, you know, and we, we act like it was so contagious. Like his depression was gonna rub off me to me, you know, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't that at all. And, um, Growing up, I, I do notice that my community would hide people that have mental um, um, illness. Um, growing up, we don't talk about it um, because we, we feel like it's um, it's karma. It's bad. It's contagious. Is, does it bring shame? Definitely shame because there was something you did. Your whole family did something to receive right. that. You know, that's a devil's work, you know. Um, you better make sure you go and get cleansed and, and, and uh, start practicing, um, you know, uh, libation of some sort, you know? Um, so, yeah, that was Lysine, um, how comfortable are you also with speaking to your elders about your community work? Because in all of our cultures, um, the respect for our elders is key. It's, it's, it's you know, it's the barometer for all things. And so in discussing the work that you do and how um, mental health and wellness is important, um, you just mentioned that some of the terminology you just became comfortable with. Do you change that terminology when you're speaking to elders? Is it best to um, lie down a framework and hope that they come or do you do the opposite? and? Don't tell them anything and hope they're okay with it. Um, I have to speak with respect um, to how they're accustomed to. When I speak with you or other folks, um, I, I look at you in your eyes. You know, it's part of communication. I, I, I speak frankly with you um, and I voice my opinion. When I speak to the elders in my community, they become the higher ranking. They are uncle, they are aunts, they are grandma or grandpa. I don't look at them in their eyes. I don't use my Western approach. The way I sit, my body language is also different. I uh, Even when I'm serving them, I'm doing their paperwork or filling things out for them or asking them to come to our support group. I let them lead. Uh -huh. I let them lead. I don't lead it because it's important that they feel like this is their safe spot. I feel, um, I may, I want them to feel like I'm humble to be able to serve them and that they get that wisdom from them as well. Get wisdom. Exactly. Um, because they feel that urgency to run to my office at times with no appointments, I'm still going to serve them. And because it's a culture, it's a cultural thing, you know, for yeah, them appointments, appointment is disrespectful. You know, in so many ways, you know, and they don't, sometimes they don't even stop at the front desk. I know, I'm straight to my office. <laughs> oh. 
you know, and with such tact, though, you always, you know, you always greet them warmly and, you know, you make sure that they're taken care of. But yes, I have seen the, um, the sense of urgency on their part. Um, and which is, which is 30 days. Yeah, which is 30 <laughs> days. You have 30 days to reply. But to them, it's an urgency. So I feel that way sometimes. I get it. You and think and of all the things that could go wrong in those 30 days. You got to get it done right now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I'm I'm able to gain their trust and they're able to open up to me um, and we're able to collect connect and work together and and bringing awareness um, and then linking them to resources mm -hmm. and and being able to explain to them their process and not letting them feel fearful um, that it's um, official uh, office that they're gonna be in trouble yes. um, you know uh, that's a lot of fear you know yes. oh are they gonna take away my re uh, permanent resident card right you know if I do this um, are they gonna um, shut off my EBT card because I have somebody living uh, in my house or if I you know um, you know, visiting for a, a, a week, you know, um, if I tell them that I'm depressed, uh, if I tell them that I, um, certain days I can't function and I just go out and sit in my backyard and water my lawn, is, is, is the city gonna come and shut the water down because I'm watering in the daytime or yeah. just certain things I like that. Those, how good do you feel not only being able to say none of those things are going to happen, but also that I'm going to be able to do all of this for free for you. How good it's, does it's that a, make you feel? I come home every and day. How good does that make them feel? I mean, it doesn't have to be a feel-good moment, but it's a, it's important to note that in in a country that has so many resources, oftentimes marginalized people still have to fight to get the bare minimum, so that we're in a position not only to provide services. For underserved communities but not to charge them one single dime for any of it really is such an accomplishment and I just I marvel at that often and I love to see elders who feel you can that sigh of relief it's universal it, it holds nothing but promise that you can help someone in those moments it's, it's tantamount to just making everything okay they they make my life um, better. Um, my job really completes me because I'm able to feel and I am able to see how much their life has changed because my life also changed and we grow right. together and they have my phone number you know on speed dial if there's anything you know and, and we talk about um, suicide sometimes in our, our support group and a couple of times they're like, oh, I feel like killing myself. You know, why are these kids the way they are? Why do they not come and see me? You know, why is it so important for them to um, move out of the house, you know, and be on their own? Am I that much of a burden to them? You know, I don't want to go and live in a convalescent home. They're going to feed me, um, you know, American food. You know, I don't want American well, that's food. That's true, they will. <laughs> don't just send them people at all. <laughs> Don't you send your elders to know? <laughs> I'm blessed and all. 
because that is exactly what they will do. <laughs> you know, and, 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 but the, the good thing is like, you hear all of that and, and with folks that are, that believe in, in, um, Buddhism, right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a sin to kill yourself and they're fearful of that. It's taught you can't kill yourself. You know, and no matter how much of a struggle you go through, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, you have to reach out for that support. You have to you, to accept that you can't do it all by yourself. And there are organizations or individuals such as yourself who will go that extra mile and we want those folks to be able to access the information. Um, so that's, you know, that's why it's important for folks like you on board. But, it, but it's also important for, 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 folks to look alike in, in different organizations too. Yes. You want that representation so that you feel that instant. We were talking about the sigh of relief because sometimes the mere fact that you don't have to explain to someone your circumstances because they, you feel they have that lived experience because you are both of that same gender, you're both of that same culture is so important. I suffer from that myself. We all need, you know, that that moment where we feel understood and not othered. And so to have, um, you know, eight cultural brokers, each from a different community that we can have folks sit and speak with, does makes it less bureaucratic, in my opinion, than most institutions, um, you know, especially uh, folks that aren't necessarily coming for their mental wellness. They are, they just don't know know that until we have that conversation until we come up with a plan um, decide on some goals um, you know because it's all intertwined if i don't have food i'm probably not doing well in other places also let's talk about all of it and let's get you the things that you need in order to then focus on that mental health component as well and holistic center um, is good at what we do. You know, we, we represent our community. I, I feel like I've, I've served 170 individual, and I'm saying individual because it's family members that would come and seek services as well. And I would, would refer them or link them to different um, sources from uh, for the past four and a half years that I've been at the Holistic Center. But the client that would come to my support group for the Samaki group, which is a unity. Samaki means unity in in my um, uh, language, Samaki, and in English, it's unity. But um, there's about, the max that I have is probably about 24 or 25 that would be there. Um, And then I have my Lao empowerment group, which is between um, 10 to 12 to 15 folks. And if I add all the students, and um, the generation, um, you know, X that would come in. Um, we serve close to about 300 or more. And I'm saying they don't leave. Right. It's it's a going. They're in it, they're in it for the long haul. Yes, they're in it. And, 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 and that's and, what we want. Mm-hmm. Those 300 people tell their friends and family. And that's how we gain community. Um, traction and that's how we can do this word of mouth work because it very much is a a lot of word of mouth um but i think we're doing all that we can do currently to um 
to continue to help those folks, even though it's virtual now, and we know we have a, a, a vast number of elders that we support, as, as well as um, folks that may or may not speak English, but we're trying all these different methods to make sure that everybody um, feels supported during this time. And so I thought it was important to, to have um, some loud representation in here tonight to, to talk about that. Um, as we're winding down, um, you know, I kid you a lot about your vocal prowess because you really, when you feel good, we all know it, you just start singing. Um, what song, because we were talking about music therapy earlier in a, in a, in a meeting today, what song lysing lifts you up and makes you hold your head high and motivates you to continue to do this work? Eye of the Tiger. I am a tiger. <laughs> it's kind of like I'm wounded, but I'm getting up. But I'm wounded, but I could do this, you know. I'm hit, but I got it. <laughs> yeah. So that that is my my theme song. Where when I am feeling down, that's the song that I go to. When I feel great, when I feel like oh my gosh, I made it. I feel like Rocky, you know. I'm like yeah. yes. I just won this round, you know, and, and the song comes on again. Yes, <laughs> and the song comes on again. So, it, it, or when I have a successful workshop or I influence somebody or, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I empowered somebody in, in their mind, their spirit, their body, their anything. I, that song comes on in my head. I love it. I love it. Yes. Everybody yes. should have their own internal there are certain things that we can do to help um, mitigate that. There are places we can suggest. There are practices we can do together. There are so many different things. And um, being in a position to be able to share that with our communities who have often been othered and on the fray and not comfortable going to a yoga workshop or going um, you know, to a lecture. I want to demystify all of that and you all help to do that on a daily basis. And I just, I just want to thank you so much for the work that you do, especially for elders. I have a soft spot for all the folks that have, you know, done all the work that they've done so that we can all be here and have these conversations and try and figure this out. Because without them, I don't know what we would be doing right now. Because as awful as it feels, it can't be even a fragment of what our elders have to deal with. And that's what keeps me moving too. I, I just I just want to say I am thankful that I'm able to do what I do at work too. Um, you know the linguistic approach. You know uh, similar uh, similarity. You know I, I really urge those leaders. You know um, in different organizations, if you're serving the community, it's we look at your community. Look at the community that you work in and that you live in. Right. You know. Um, have somebody that looks like somebody that you are serving right. you know because i know that my folks won't go you know to a place that they don't feel connected or are the same as them or welcome not, just say it or welcome feel welcome some welcome. of us don't feel welcomed in certain places yeah and that's you know that's, and then be and be hurdle. patient and be patient be patient with your elders be patient with your staff. Be patient with your coworkers. You know, um, 
like I, I shared, you know, with you earlier, if you, you know, if, if you guys are listening to this, is that I don't know when I started learning how to speak English, you know, and I've been here 40 years. My accent might sound like I'm some white girl from, you know, uh, you know, Fountain Valley or Huntington Beach. But, you know, I, excuse me, you know, like Valley girl, you know, but I'm, I'm Lysine, you know, I love sticky rice. I love, I love different types of song. I hear the drum of, of, um, of my, um, you know, from the elders at the temple where they're, they're drumming and, and they were starting our parade and my heart just melts. You know, and I feel I feel grounded, and I feel, and then I, I listen to Bob Marley, and it makes me feel like, oh my goodness, you know, and and I listen to, um, you know, like I said, my favorite theme song, "Eye of the Tiger." You know, I just be patient, accept our our, our differences, and um, learn from one another because I get to learn from my elders and the people that I serve. Right. You know, they they make me whole, and I make them whole. Um, we, we all need each other. We, we coexist, you know, so. That was a perfect, I, that was just a perfect ending to just a really um, amazing conversation. I know I promised you that it would be short and sweet. Um, it went a little longer than that, but I think we needed to cover these things. And I do hope that if we continue to do this podcast, um, that you will come back again and bring an elder maybe, um, and maybe do some, um, I don't know, some cross-cultural learning with our listeners also. If that seems like something, you know, think about it. You don't have to answer right now. But I want to say um, with an open heart that I really appreciate you taking the time out to be this candid and to share these things with our listeners because I know that these things are helpful. And um, yeah, I just, I love you to pieces. Thank you for being here with us this evening. Thank you. Thank you so right. much. Have a good night. So you are- Thank you for listening to the Holistic Happy Hour. 